it's already week four, and top-notch analysis is a must-have if you plan to make it to the playoffs. So instead of trusting Twitter or your buddies, trust the folks over at 444.com. I know the IPA hate is a little extreme, but using our promo code DYNASTYOM gets you a 25% discount on your subscription to the site with the most accurate ranking since 2012. We've got DFS tools, a trade analyzer, weekly streaming articles, and a league sync app, which will all become available to you once you take advantage of our sponsorship. Again, that's Dynasty OM to get on with the 4 team and take down your league. Now let's listen to some rhymes and get into the show. This game is so beautiful, you know. Come play. Flip the page. Dynasty is the newest rage. Maybe you've played. Maybe you've made a trade. Played list and now these fish are all up on you. I mean, you won three ships, they wish they had your So this is it, you wanna learn the game 101 pick, when it hits you feel no pain Praying for the fantasy championship Hit the books, kid, read this pamphlet called the Dynasty Owner's Manual It's automatic Dynasty It's automatic Owner's Manual It's automatic Dynasty it's automatic. <laughs> and here are your authors. Chris Allen and a- a- Adam Wilde. All right, everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Allen of the Dynasty Owners Manual podcast. This is episode 24, and we're here with Casey Kasem this evening of the Fighting Chance Fantasy. And before we get into it, um, Casey, thanks again for coming on tonight. I know it's trying to fit it in on a Thursday evening before the week four actually starts for us. And gosh, I can't even believe it's already week four already. Uh, yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's like we wait for like what six, seven months before we're actually like we get to watch football and like play with our rosters and all that good stuff. And we're already a third of the way into the season, so that's kind of wild. But we appreciate you taking the time. So first off, how are you doing this evening? And can you give us a little bit more about your background? Because I know you're kind of both new to Dynasty, but you're also new to the industry. You've just started uh, writing a bit. So we wanted to kind of hear your story and how you came to be in this wonderful world of fantasy football. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been doing redraft for a really long time. Well, really long in my in my terms. So about seven years or so. And I've never really had the... I don't know. I never really felt like playing Dynasty because I was one of those people that's always like, ah, you know, I get nervous about everything. So, uh, and the same thing for writing. I never really wanted to do any of that either because I like to stay in my comfort zone. But I was talking to Tim Turner and he was like, you're so active in the fantasy football community. Like you talk to all of us and, you know, you give advice out to people. So it's just kind of strange. You don't write and you don't do Dynasty and stuff like that. And then Ryan from Finding Chance Fantasy hit me up on Twitter and was like, hey, I saw your tweet. Would you like to write? And I was like, you know what? Why not? Yes, I would like to write. So just kind of jumped headfirst into that. You know, I have so much that I like to say to people, but there's nobody around here that actually likes to talk fantasy with me. So being able to do it on the internet and talk to people like you guys is pretty rad. So that's basically how I got involved in all of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and Tim is is excellent. And we actually, I hopped on one of his podcasts, was it last week or the week prior and talked with him? It was with me and also Sam Lane. Uh, we talked for a little bit. And then I'm, I'm hoping since Tim, he lives in the Ohio area, and I'm also in the Ohio area, more on the 
east or no west side of Ohio, southwest side. I think Tim's like farther east, but I think there's supposed to be some sort of meetup of some of the fantasy folks in the area. So I think I might actually get the chance to meet Mr. Turner here within yeah, the next I, couple of weeks. I saw that. I'm going to be in Ohio at the end of the month. So I was like, oh, really? but I don't think it's going to be at the same time that that was in oh, now. So I don't think my girlfriend would like me going and hanging out with a bunch of fantasy guys on our vacation, what? but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. If it's your guys' vacation, I understand. Yeah, I totally yeah. understand. She just, she would rather go see Fiona than you know. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. All right, all right. So, all right. Well, that's that's awesome, and, and we again we appreciate you coming on. And then, of course, uh, without uh, further ado, I have to introduce my co-host this evening, Adam. How you doing tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm. Ready for some football. We're getting an excellent Thursday night game right after this, so we're going to lead right up into kickoff. Absolutely, and I think that this game, I think, is one of the more intriguing games, like of the of the like for Thursday night games so far, because we've got at least I know they're saying that Marcus Peters is active, but I know he's kind of banged up. Talib is out, so and Kirk Cousins and the Vikings coming off of what is the most bizarre game that I've ever seen. Yeah, like, happened like on a Sunday. I mean, it's just. Just weird. So I'm, I'm hoping actually that, out though. Last I heard, I heard like well, they said that he was like he put in a limited practice or something like that, and I heard he was supposed to be active. I don't know. I guess we'll have to recheck and find out for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be it sets up to be an intriguing game because everybody just assumed going into the season that the Rams was going to be one of those defenses that you don't want to pass against. But I really don't think Cousins and the Vikings have much of an option at this point. Uh, so. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> no, not at all. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to tune in later on tonight and uh, and check that out. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. But we're here to talk fantasy, and we'll worry about our redraft and uh, and our rosters like later on tonight. But getting into it, so Casey, since this is one of your first years getting into Dynasty, can you talk with us a little bit about the types of leagues that you uh, that you got into? If it was multiple Dynasty leagues, or even if it was just a singular one. What type of format did you get into? Because we talked with a number of folks along the way while we were brewing this podcast. Like we talked to Bobby Koch, and he was very much into two QBs. Uh, Nate Powell, very much into Debbie Leagues. So uh, with that being said, I mean, what was your selection for getting into one, even if you were just invited by a buddy or whatever? And what was kind of the motivation for choosing that versus any of the other, like just plethora of other leagues that are out there? Right. Well, so... As all my good ideas, uh, I was drunk one night and I got on Twitter and (laughs) kind of made a a suggestion that like the reason I've never been in Dynasty is because I feel a little nervous about jumping into it. At that time, I was like really suffering from, you know, the anxiety of it all, thinking that it was going to be a lot to handle. So I was like, if I could get in a league with a bunch of people that are also pretty new to Dynasty, then that would be be something that I, I would you know, consider. And then John Moser with Dynasty Trade Calculator was like, I'm going to set up some leagues for newbies so that, they, you know, people can feel comfortable uh, joining Dynasty and learning about it. And then you don't have to feel the pressure of people that have been in it forever or whatever. And we'll make it super basic, super easy, um, just so you guys can get your feet wet. And so it's just as basic as you can get. John Bosch came in and helped write the bylaws and stuff, but it's not crazy like John Bosch bylaws usually are. Uh, you had so, me scared for a second when you said no, he was the one that did no, it. So I no. was worried. He, he had me look him over to make sure that everything was like, you know, layman's terms and that everybody could understand what was going on because we're all like basically redrafters or, or keeper leagues. Um, so um, 
which is good and bad. And, you know, my experience with that now, but yeah, I think they ended up doing four leagues. So there's, there was that much interest in it. I'm only in that league this year. Um, but I think next year, you know, they said that you get the bug and you want to keep joining more leagues. So I think next year I'm going to try to dip my toes into something a little bit more complex just to see if I like it. And I get texts from buddies back home on a weekly basis that this is their first year in Dynasty 2, and they love it. I, I love seeing new people joining the format. I, I just think it's so awesome. It sucks you don't get to scrap your team at the end of the year if you sucked, but hey, I yeah. mean, you get to fix it in the off season. So joining Dynasty, what's been the hardest thing to grasp for you so far? I think one of the hardest things to grasp so far would probably be the whole trading aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Just because in uh, a lot of my redraft leagues, there's not a lot of training that goes on. You know, it's just a one season thing. People draft to mainly keep the team they have. I mean, I like doing trades, and uh, but I just don't feel like it's very active when I'm in those leagues. Um, and I heard going into Dynasty, you know, training is a bit a- big aspect of it. And one of the funnest parts of it. And even if you're not winning, you can at least try to, you know, rebuild your team and make it the way you want it. My thing is, it's hard for me to gauge how everybody in my league values certain players. So I'll put a trade out that I think is a good trade and they'll automatically reject it and won't give me a reason why or or try to counter or anything like that. So just kind of learning how each person in my league values guys, how they like to trade, if they don't like to trade, Uh, especially with the redraft mindset. I think a lot of them just don't want to trade because they don't do it in their other leagues. And that's totally fine with me. I know we're growing, but mm-hmm. that's the thing that I'm having to wrap my mind around the most. Yeah, and a lot of experienced owners still have that problem with trading. And I know I joke a lot on Twitter about terrible trades, but sometimes they don't really mean to be terrible trades. They just value players differently, which is why we did the episode on opening the dialogue and trying to figure out what people value players. But have you had any experience yet with uh, trading draft picks? Yeah, I dra- I traded... I haven't really gotten too many trades to go through. Mm-hmm. I did give up. I wrote it down because yesterday I did a whole weird trade where I traded a draft pick to get Dak Prescott. And then the guy ended up trading me the draft pick back, you know, so now I have that back. But then I ended up uh, getting Kittle and I drafted like, mm-hmm. I mean, I gave him up one of the draft picks as well from the 2019 season. I don't know yeah. a whole lot about college football, but from what mm-hmm. I hear, it's not as good of a draft class as, some of the other ones will be. So I'm like, all right, let me get guys, especially now I need, I need a kettle because I have Evan Ingram. So I was like, all right, let me okay. get kettle. I, I just try to throw those out there. And I don't think that people are just now starting to bite on draft picks at the beginning of the season. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much, but I think now that they see that there's value there, you know, like, and a lot of them use the dynasty trade calculator too. So uh, I, that helps, I guess, to get things going. And this is a quick question for you, Adam. I yeah. know since you're the, I'll consider you the dynasty, exper- more experienced dynasty. Right <laughs> yeah. But uh, when it comes to trading draft picks, do you see that, I guess, towards the beginning of the year, and this is just my assumption, so I mean, tell me if I'm completely wrong, but during the beginning and maybe towards the middle of the year, it's more of players that are getting traded back and forth. And then maybe towards the middle to end of the season, like when things like when people are basically making the decision that, well, I'm not going to make it to the playoffs. I'm I'm not going to really, I'm not really in contention for this year. So let me start trading for picks. I mean, does, does that, I mean, do you see that? Does that make any sense? Like, cause that's just how I see it happening where folks might just start looking towards next year 
towards the end of this season, and that's when maybe more picks might start to fly. Yeah, so you've heard me throughout the show talking about how I view the players and picks as stocks, and the picks, the 2019 picks are the cheapest the stock will ever be right now. We'll probably, I mean, further back in time, but um, mm-hmm. they will never be cheaper than they are at this moment right now. The price is only going to go up. So if you can hold on to those picks, you do. But what you start finding is that that 2019 first starts turning into a player more and more when you run into injuries, uh, you lose Rex Burkhead in seven leagues, you know, whatever. Um, that You're 2019 not better at all. <laughs> that 2019 first starts turning into a player. I mean, I almost like see it changing form into a player on my <laughs> roster and I'm just looking at it like, Oh, I really want to hold on to you. So that's why you're not seeing any trading often early in the league because everyone goes into the year like, I'm going to hold on to this pick. And they hold on and they hold on. And it's like, "Ah, I really need this extra player. So that's when you start losing the picks. And then you start seeing teams go down two separate paths. So you take a left and you're going to the playoffs. You take a right and you're like, man, I'm really not making the playoffs. Let me go ahead and drop all these guys off off to those contenders. Let me get rid of my Adrian Petersons, my Larry Fitzgeralds, things like that. So you will see picks flying off the board soon. Okay. And that, that to me, that makes some sense where it's like, all right, if I'm, if it's like week six, week seven, and I'm sitting at, uh, un- hopefully not for, and for anybody else that's either listening for either of you two, I'm sitting at like two and four. Right. And it's like, I'm probably not going to make it to the playoffs. So let, let me start selling some guys so that, during the off season, I'm, I'm ready to hit the draft. I'm ready to hit it strong. You know, I might start acquiring some picks. I might sell off some players. I might dump a couple of old vets that are probably not going to be playing next year, that sort of thing, clear my IR, whatever, so that I, I'm fully stocked and like ready to go for next year. And that to me, that, that makes some sense. I mean, I hate, I, I don't advocate for people just completely punting on a season, but still I can understand the motivation to do so. So I guess that, that makes some sense. And we should take this opportunity to remind people, even though that there's people out there that are doing this, don't give up too early. I mean, you could still squeak into the playoffs at six and seven, depending on how your league goes. I wouldn't really panic until I got seven losses. Then it would probably be time to make sure that I got value out of Larry Fitzgerald and Adrian Peterson, the couple guys that I mentioned. It's definitely time to get value for those players that you think are going to be gone next year because then you'll just have to drop them off the roster. But be careful not panicking too early. Yeah, I I would wholeheartedly agree with that. It's, uh, I guess the, you know, the old saying, it's not over till it's over, that sort of thing. I mean, just making sure that uh, understanding your league rules. So if there is a chance that you can make it in the playoffs, depending on how like divisions and all that stuff might get set up, there's always a shot that you can squeak your way into the playoffs. And who knows after that, something might pop at the perfect time for you to make a run at the championship. Like someone's ACL. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's, not, that's not funny that ACLs are popping. No, but, you know, oh my gosh. That was a nice little, nice little transaction. There, <laughs> yeah. transition there. That happens in the like playoffs. It. And then all of a sudden, good thing you didn't quit because someone just lost their stud that was guiding them through the playoffs. Imagine if Todd Gurley were to get injured last year. He single-handedly took teams to championship yeah. so don't don't, don't, don't say don't, don't say that out loud where, where's some wood i can knock on <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got some right here i knocked on it <laughs> we can't we can't have that like no nobody nobody, nobody, wants, nobody that. wants that absolutely yeah. not yeah 
Uh, so, Casey, back to you. So we're, we're in season and actually even like trying to rewind it back, a, you know, a couple months uh, to any of the drafts that you participated in. Like what are any like mistakes that you might you, you've you noticed or things you might want to, you know, if you could take back anything that you did either during the draft or once you got into the season, either whether it be setting up your roster or anything like that, I guess, are there any tweaks or I guess changes that you might make to your process now that you're three, four weeks into it? Yeah, I mean, there are some um, still, you know, getting acclimated to everything. So I'm not sure if I'm just overthinking things or not. Um, the first thing would probably be don't draft a player when you've been drinking. Um, <laughs> but, but I digress. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> until you're like, oh, why did I draft that guy? I think just the whole going into Dynasty and not expecting what the draft's going to be like. So going into it with more of a redraft mentality than a dynasty man- mentality. I know a lot of people do that when they first start. It took me a little bit t- to kind of get off of that whole. And now that I'm in you doing now, I figured out that during my redraft, I kind of had the dynasty mentality and I was like, mm-hmm. I had to get off of that. You know, you get them kind of all, you know, mixed up, but yeah, I think the biggest one would be that, or like listening to too many things at once, too many people telling you a lot of, like, I like to get advice from people, but then when you have all this contradicting advice and stuff like that, then you start overthinking things too. And you should kind of sometimes just go with your gut. You heard that a lot in Ben Cummins episode, the DFS episode we had um, about listening to too many voices because it is good to get advice. And I've, personally love to get as much advice as I can and then I'll sift through it. But I totally understand, especially playing DFS. I have to have like two resources that I listen to and then the rest you just have to figure out on your own because you're going to find these people are telling you to draft these, this player. And then there's 50 other reasons why you shouldn't draft them. So now coming from redraft to dynasty and you said that the lines kind of got blurred. Hopefully those lines got blurred enough to make you draft Juju and redraft. Cause that was, <laughs> I wish I had Juju in any of my redraft things. (laughs) So how do you value players coming from redraft and now into Dynasty? What's the value of those players kind of changed to you? Or how did you calculate the variance? Well, like in my Dynasty League, I drafted Cortland Sutton. Mm -hmm. And in my redraft, if I was going to draft him, it was like really, really, really towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those players, just like the values of them will kind of change whether or not you're going to be able to hold on to them forever or you're only going to have them for a year. There's some guys in redraft that you're like, I wish I had them next year, you know, but the, right. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it in redraft. But the fun part of Dynasty so far, you know, has been being able to get these guys that you think are going to pop one day and they're just going to have to sit and hang out. And even some guys that have been around for a couple of years, they have the potential, but they just haven't shown it yet or they haven't been in the opportunity. They didn't have the opportunity to do so. Um, you see those guys now coming out and, you know, you're like, oh, like Tyler Boyd and stuff like that. But it kind of just you have to, like, learn that it's totally different. I didn't think it was going to be different going into mm-hmm. it. I thought, oh, it's going to be pretty similar but then i'm like but there's all these rookies and there's all this you know you start thinking and i'm like okay and then i didn't end up drafting very many rookies in dynasty and i was like okay well that's okay because you can always trade and all that other Mm -hmm. stuff but it's it's just trying to wrap your mind around two different totally different things you're telling me i get calvin ridley for (laughs) 10 years (laughs) yeah right now the the communities are obviously meshing i mean we have four brand new leagues of people who were just redraft. Do you feel like the dynasty mindset kind of crept into the redraft? For instance, I definitely saw some players this year in redraft that seemed that they were getting drafted a little early. Do you feel like it's been vice versa as well? You get a little of that influence in redraft too? 
Yeah, definitely. And, and, um, you know, being in leagues, I'm in a couple of redraft leagues where we draft live and there's a couple of other people with me, like, uh, Katie flower. She's in one of my leagues, um, or she's in two of my leagues actually that we draft live and she has a, a, a dynasty mindset and going into stuff and she knows everything about every player, like just right off the top of her head can mm-hmm. tell you everything. And <laughs> it's so funny because the rest of the people in the league that aren't into dynasty are like, how the heck do you know all this stuff? Yeah. And the same, you know, the same, you start doing research, the same thing, or I'll be like, Oh, I know. I actually know about this guy now. So you see people in redraft leagues, like, Oh, should I draft this guy then? Because they're talking these guys up or whatever. And you know, vice versa for, uh, being in dynasty, like, oh, you know, like, should I draft this guy, or do you think that like he's too old, or he's too, you know, a one one year and then he's gone kind of thing? So, right. And it, being in dynasty, we have to know a lot more, of course. So, a lot of us think that we're smarter than the redraft people that we do these office leagues with, which we are. We know more facts. Yeah, we should say smarter. We know more facts. Which leads me to get to like round what like five or something and be like, oh my god, Corey Davis is still there. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. and then now I'm stuck with Corey Davis when all my redraft rosters not doing anything. I mean, we could debate <laughs> back and forth all day, but yeah, that's another player I wish I had next year. In yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I just or, found that to be so funny. Yeah, or you could listen to a diehard Redskins fans that keeps talking about Darius Geis, and then you can draft him quite a bit, and then. <laughs> Yeah, then you wind up with a player on IR. Heartbrokenness. Go trade for Darius, guys. Yeah, that's right. That, I that, tried. Yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody's trying. Everybody's yeah. trying. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. not, for, not for what the Darius guys owner wants, so it's all right. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, but, now, but now talking about that, I guess maybe mm-hmm. I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit. So are there any specific players that at least doing your – I guess uh, off-season research or whatever, really, like all the talking heads that uh, that you listened to over the summer, were there players that you walked into draft saying that if the price is right, I mean, regardless of what it is, I, I want to get that player. Like if it was Darius Geis or if it was Sonny Michelle, Cortland Sutton, I mean, any of those guys, but were there a couple of players that you felt that you had to take if given the chance? There really wasn't like I kind of went into it with an open mind too. like I don't know as much about rookies as a lot of people do and I've I read a lot and that's about you know and watch stuff on YouTube and watch tape and stuff like that to try to kind of get an idea of who I liked and I was like super high on Jordan Wilkins uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and <time>. like <laughs> I don't I don't have him but I tried to trade for him and it didn't mm-hmm. happen either but whatever you know things happen and I think Cortland Sutton was kind of the guy that I was like, okay, I'm not going to reach too far for him, but I would love to have him on my team just because I know that the other guys that are there right now are kind of getting up there in age and you never know what's going to happen. You never know, like injuries can happen. Um, you know, he could just have one of those seasons where he just burst onto the scene. And if not, you you still have him for, for the future. So that mm-hmm. was one of the guys. And so I was really jazzed when I ended up getting him. And then I met him at the uh, – I went to the National Fantasy Football Convention. And he was there, and I was like, "Dude, you're oh, right. It was down in Dallas. <laughs> it, it was in Fort Worth. They moved Fort it from Dallas, Dallas, but it's that's like an hour from here. So nice. we drove down there, and I met him, and I was like, "You're on my dynasty team, like hardcore. Want to let you know that." And he's like, "Oh, I won't let you down." That's All right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really cool when you can like actually meet somebody that you have yeah. on your team, and you could be like, "Yeah, dude, that's awesome." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is. So that I think is he. Amazing. 
And the fact that he was so nice just makes you kind of want to hold on to him more. I don't know. That's just kind of like an emotional thing there, but you know, (laughs) personal connection, ain't nothing wrong with that. And I think that he was maybe like a shoestring away from having a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Like uh, not last week, but I think it was the week prior. And I think then I think his, at the very least, his redraft stock would have bumped up to the point Mm -hmm. where we're talking about picking him up off waiver wires and for sure his dynasty stock i mean i'm I'm looking at him as being one of the i guess the hot commodities rolling into next year regardless of what happens with demarius or emmanuel whichever one they wind up yeah. keeping or if they cut both because of the cap hits and you know things of that nature but yeah i definitely agree with you there that he would have been a, a i guess a high priority target for me during drafts and then i think for for next year if he'd definitely be a target uh, kind of walking into next year. So I'm I'm definitely with you there. So, uh, but now we had mentioned it earlier about uh, trades and whatnot. So there are mm-hmm. any, uh, but now we're into the season, I guess, looking at any of your rosters, are there any weaknesses on your rosters or like players that you'd want to try and trade for at this point, uh, given where you're standing at now? Yeah. I mean, I'm one and two right now. So I finally won my first game last week. <laughs> Yay. Um, I think that I need more um, running back help, but people haven't been too willing to let me take away from them. Um, so, I mean, I have David Johnson, like I said, I was talking to you earlier about, I, he was the first guy I drafted, you know, he fell to me. So I was like, why not? But it just hasn't gone my way this year. And I get that it's, it happens, whatever, you know, just roll with the punches. But yeah, I think that that's probably an area that I'm lacking in. I've got good wide receivers. My quarterbacks are all right. I mean, I like, I have Cam Newton. I'm good with that. But I just feel like uh, I could probably afford to bump it up a little bit in some of the spots. So I just have to work on figuring that out. And I don't have to do it right now. I know that it's a long season, but just kind of having that in the back of my head. And to touch on the issue with needing the running back depth, I had this conversation quite often when Darius Geis went down and everybody's scrambling to trade Darius Geis. And I'm just like, why would you trade Darius Geis? And I feel the same way yeah, yeah. with David Johnson. I'm, yeah. I'm like, you don't, you don't need to trade him. You need to Not go trade him. third to the Chris Carson owner, or, you know. Yeah. Or the Adrian Peterson owner, yeah. or the Chris Thompson I was, owner. I was even trying to get Edmonds. I was like, or not Edmonds. Uh, who was I trying to get? I can't remember. I traded uh, Chris Thompson away, but I was like, well, I have, I have Duke Johnson, and hopefully yeah. uh, Baker coming in, something sure. can happen there. Another target too, but but the point being is that the studs that aren't producing like we discussed a little off air is that since it's dynasty, we get to wait these guys out yeah. and have a little patience with them. So instead yeah. of trying to trade your player low when you panic, you yeah. can still panic, but you know, just go find someone cheap to give you production now. Yeah. Um, and that's what I like about the whole dynasty aspect of it because in in redraft, you know, I have Le'Veon Bell or I had Le'Veon Bell and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm just gonna bite the bullet and trade him so I can get somebody that is gonna be productive for me right now. But right. in Dynasty, it's like, okay, he's not productive right now, but hold on, don't like freak out yet and you bail ship on him. Sure. He's <laughs> Something's going to happen. Something has to happen, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was hope Sam Fran next Fingers. year. And everybody's yeah. mind blows up. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked a little off air about the kind of windows that you can be in. So I, we talked about you could basically play Dynasty as redraft if you wanted to put enough work mm-hmm. into it and be that active. But then there's also owners that have a five-year window and they're like, I'm going to kill it in 2023. What kind of window do you go into when you're setting up your roster? 
my window was like super huge, like whatever. Like if it doesn't ha- if it doesn't happen for me this year, I'm not gonna throw a fit and be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to play fantasy ever again. I don't want to do this or that. You know, some people just like want to give up after one year of right. being down, and it's like no, because it's a process. So I think if I, as long as I do well in the next few years, at least I don't have to win. But as long as my team is strong enough that I feel like at one point I'm going to be able to win mm-hmm. to get to that point. I know everybody's having to build on their team, except for the guys that are like three and oh, right now that are like, I'm fine, whatever. You won't be fine forever. Like, right. <laughs> you know, injuries happen and guys, you know, whatever get suspended weeks and all that stuff. Five weeks and everything else. So, you know what, you have to plug and play what you've got. I don't really have a window set. I mean, if, as long as I can do well in the next few years, it, it, it's a learning process for all of us. So I don't, I, in this league, particularly, I feel like, you know, we all have the same kind of window. We're all kind of like trying to figure it all out. Yeah. And I think what the, at least from the way that you've described, and this is my assumption, but tell me if I'm completely off, off my rocker here, but if a lot of the folks in your league, if they came from a redraft or at least from a redraft mindset and then brought that over to dynasty, I would think that your approach to constructing your roster would be kind of in a, in a win now type mode because you're looking for players or at least you're, I'm not saying you're looking for them maybe, but your default process would be that, well, I'm going to pick players that I know are playing this year versus betting on rookies that are going to be playing that might have a spot in 2019, 2020, and so on. And that's and not to say that that's wrong. I mean, if a lot of experienced dynasty players, they will pay for that production now mm-hmm. at the expense of at the expense of 2019 2020 and they'll just try and recoup it later by making trades and you know picking up players off the way or whatever the case may be so i mean do you did you see a lot of that during your draft where although the other folks in your league along with yourself were trying to pick up a lot of those players that it, it almost felt like a redraft league at least to, to a certain extent yeah, I did. For me, I felt like the beginning and the end of the draft for me felt more like a redraft and the middle was kind of like a dynasty where I was picking up more of the younger guys in the middle and just hoping that something would stick. You, I know people don't, especially when they're brand new, they go into it like I drafted these guys. This is my team. I'm about this team. And I tried to trade for uh, Lamar Miller once at the beginning. And the guy was like, well, no, he's a starter this year, this, that, and the other. And I'm trying to think ahead. I'm like <laughs> thinking that he'll think ahead too. Like, oh, well, you know, he's not going to be the starter forever or whatever. Right. But no, he got me on that one. So <laughs> I think they, I think a lot of guys and, and myself included kind of went into it. Like I've had this guy the last couple of years and he's been good for me in redraft. So let's have that kind of go into our dynasty as well. So now you're talking about making the trades to make your team better, but we've also got the waivers open, right? So yeah. now that we're in season, we've got waivers going on. How do you attack your waiver wire in Dynasty as opposed to how you're attacking it in redraft? I think that in redraft, I'm like a crazy person in redraft when it comes to the waivers because you only have such a small period of time that you're playing. So I am constantly playing the waiver wire. I'm constantly changing up my team because I, I stream a lot and I do a lot of stuff like that. Uh, and, and with Dynasty, I haven't. I'll, I'll put a dollar or two here or there with with a certain guy and hope for the best. Uh, you know, like I think I picked Corey Coleman up for a dollar and was just like, fingers crossed, something happens there. A couple of other guys have been like that. Yeah, you know, once Ingram went down, I got his back up just for a dollar, just to see. You know, like I can have him for the time being. But I haven't gone really hard on the waiver wire just because of what's out there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why trading is so important in Dynasty because there's a lot more to choose from on rosters versus 
in redraft where you have all of these players that you, at your disposal. Yeah, in redraft, you can find that production pretty easily. You are not mm-hmm. finding production on a dynasty waiver wire whatsoever. Not at all. Especially at running back. I picked up, I picked up Kyle Juszczyk off the waiver wire uh-huh. and I'm going to start him. Rip my team because that is, <laughs> that is rough. Yeah, it, it is, it is oh, a, man. It's, it's a it's, wasteland on the waiver I, wire. I don't know if that's yeah. just like, this is the first year it's been like that. I feel like in redraft, it's like that with running back. This feels like the first year at running back where it's been like, there's nothing there. Yeah. So I don't know if that's if Dynasty's always been like Oh yeah. Crappy. Oh, yes. <laughs> but the deal with Dynasty is you're looking for guys that are two injuries away instead of four injuries <laughs> away. So I mean, as soon as an opening I mean, you talked about Red Ellison, you're lucky to pick him up. Yeah. Because usually people have big time players backups. So mm-hmm. once a player gets one injury away or or Corey Coleman was so talented and now he's on the Patriots. So you go pick him up, but you're never going to get somebody that's like actually no. producing right now. Like, and you know, obviously your Tyler Boyd is and stuff like that. Your yeah. Ridley's of course are all owned. It's just a, it's mm-hmm. a different dynamic. I mean, when so crazy. I, yeah. And I go nuts on my redraft waivers too. I mean, you have to constantly cycle out that mm-hmm. bottom of your roster, but in Dynasty, I mean, you have to be like a mad scientist to project four or five steps for your players' relevance. But to help you with being a mad scientist on the waiver wires, what are some of the go-to resources that you've found so far that have helped you along in this process? Usually, I just listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm at work. So it's like a constant stream of information. I'll listen to you guys. You guys always have such great guests on. And I know that when I first started Dynasty, you guys were like, you should listen to my podcast to our podcast because we always have guys on who are really knowledgeable about you know how how to go about playing in dynasty so i listen to you guys a lot there's a lot of other dynasty i was listening to dynasty podcasts prior to even being in dynasty just like nice you know just and, and it was crazy because like when I listened to them, it was like, I'm getting all that knowledge and information and I'm not playing in it. <laughs> I'm like, why am I not playing in it? So that's how I finally bit the bullet and did that. You know, like I got over my anxiety and just like went head first into it. So podcasts are big. I like to read, but I like to listen more because I can take it in. I can take notes at work and kind of mm-hmm. just, just write it out and, and, and go over that and then go back and look. And I also, there's the community on Twitter is amazing. So oh, cool. I mean, yeah. I've been I've been buddies with a lot of the guys in in that are in dynasty leagues that have been in dynasty leagues forever, and I'll go in, ask ten people questions about this trade or that, and everybody gives me a different answer. But at least mm-hmm. I have. <laughs> and we were talking about filtering all that information out. I go with my gut, but I listen to what other people have to say so that I can kind of get an idea as to like, yeah, my gut says to do this, and so and so also is you know agreeing with me. So I feel good because somebody that I trust is actually like on the same page as me. So that's those are main. I don't go like there's sites and stuff that I go and check out, and I read articles and do all that jazz. But Twitter is, I know people like preach about Twitter being amazing, but it is the best. And I've been on Twitter longer than most of you guys have been on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I've been on Twitter since 2009, and like, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm just, you know, and, and before fantasy football became a, a huge thing on Twitter and then that influx of information that comes out now, like I was big into her fantasy football. That was my thing to go to because I'm a chick, they're chicks. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got involved in this whole thing. And now Brandon Marianne Lee is one of the people that I'll go to if like I'm on the fence about something. That's so cool that you brought up that you were listening to Dynasty before you even started because 
I think it's huge to listen to content outside of Dynasty. Of course, we're listening to Redraft because a lot of us are in Redraft Leagues. But if I weren't in any Redraft Leagues, I would still want to listen to Redraft content. And I cannot recommend DFS content enough. It's mm-hmm. hard to find free DFS podcasts. But if you don't play DFS, they dig in more than any of us, more than yeah. Dynasty people. I mean, Dynasty people, we're digging in hard. We're looking into a lot of film. But the stats that these guys will pull from oh, yeah. the DFS community is oh, just yeah. like mind blowing that you would even I love get it. that. Mm-hmm. And that, that could be your start sit decision that wins you the week just because you were listening to DFS content, even though you weren't going to play, you know, a single dollar. So that was definitely awesome to bring up. And then also I have a few people I ask every time that we have a trade and me and Chris will have discussion too. And I almost never go with. <laughs> what what the so I, I have something in mind and I go ask and they almost always say the opposite and I'm like yeah well I did the stupid trade anyway so exactly. I get a lot of money yeah. for that that's so funny yeah like I had a trade the other day that I was I can't even remember what it was but I was on the fence about it because it was like really close in my mind but I don't know if it was close enough and I asked a, a bunch of people that I know like that had come up to me and been like if you ever have any questions let me know went on and asked and I, the, the different answers I got from everybody yep. ranged from that's trash to I would do that in a heartbeat <laughs> to have yeah, them throw this right. guy in too, or have them throw this draft pick in too. So I'm like, I trust all of you. So what I'm going to do is take all of your information and then my information and kind of like form, I ended up not accepting the trade, but yeah. it was just crazy to me how, how different these guys that are all, you know, it's like, we all, dif- we all value players differently so you just have to to roll with the punches and just know that ultimately in the end it's just going to be your decision make it your decision and that was that's a thing that a lot of redraft people do you know they they blame you know analysts for the reason why they lost for that week or whatever and it's like yeah at the end of the day you just have to go with your your gut and you have to be in charge of your team it's not so-and-so's team it's your team Yes. I love redraft trading because <laughs> you don't have to live with it forever. Like uh-uh. almost all of my redraft fr- trades end up with me just saying, screw it. Because yeah. you might as well just like, yeah, <laughs> take a shot and hope for the best. Right. Like that's how I, mean, I was with Le'Veon. I, 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 you know, I was like, I got, uh, Galladay. I was like, whatever. I don't care. You know, like, <laughs> I don't care. It's not. <laughs> I mean, you only got him for this year, so I mean, yeah, I only got him for this year, and I'm already, you know, I haven't. I think I won one game in that league, so whatever. Like, let's shoot for the the stars and hope that something works out in my favor. Yeah, Yeah. but dynasty is so much different because it's like, okay, what if I screw that up and then? Yeah. Yeah, you would you'd value those players so much differently. Like, say if you had a redraft league where you somehow drafted Le'Veon Bell and you had like Joe Mixon. Yep. I mean, if it was a redraft league, you'd be like, well, screw it. I guess yeah. this league's over or whatever. But in a dynasty league, it'd almost be like, well, I can at least – I can hold out and then I'll just wait until 2019 and then mm-hmm. I, I could I could be okay. Like you could weather that storm from a, from a dynasty perspective. But if you had them on a redraft team, it's like, well, whatever my buy-in for this league was, I mean, that that's money. I just lit that money on fire. Yep. Because gone. gone. That is gone. So I mean that I mean that is that is really interesting to hear like at least to take your perspective on it and uh, also I mean I was in the same boat as you because before getting into Dynasty yeah I would listen to a number of different podcasts where they the one at least one for instance like the the Roto Underworld podcast with Matt Kelly mm-hmm. I listened to that and just listening to the guests that he brought on Eric McClung, uh, some dude by the name of Carl Safchik. Uh, and maybe, like, <laughs> some and, dude. Yeah, some dude. Um, <laughs> hi Carl. Uh, and I mean, just 
they were i mean just so knowledgeable in like in the in the content and just understanding because they met they filled a gap that i didn't i didn't understand like and it was understanding player value so when it came to making trades or trying to understand like where and like where to draft them and things of that nature i didn't i didn't understand that stuff no i mean and like so when it came to doing all that it was like well if i didn't have a like a knowledge base like twitter or whatever like dlf forums and all that well then i'll believe what they're telling me i mean if i'm if i'm hearing it here then i'm also seeing it on twitter and then maybe a couple Mm -hmm. articles well then sure i can keep coming back to that resource and use that as at least an an anchor point for making those same type of decisions in my in my drafts so I I, I I agree. I think that's I think that's a, a proper approach for for doing leagues like this, and that's awesome that you're interested in doing or listening to dynasty content before you even started doing it. I mean, that's uh, to me that's awesome. So I think we're like we're kind of wrapping down for the evening. Uh, and again, Casey, thanks again for coming on. Uh, but if uh, before we get you out of here, if you had any like I don't know last minute tips or advice for folks that are just getting into dynasty, or for even for experienced folks, because Getting your perspective, I think, would be like it would be valuable because you're bringing a fresh set of eyes to something that folks might have been doing for years. So, if you had anything to say to anybody in the dynasty community, what advice would you give them? Well, I think the first thing that I would uh, give as advice is try to get in a league. If you're going to be in a league, be in a league with somebody that you know. That's just me. I love the league that I'm in, but it's hard when you don't have somebody there that like you trust that you can go to if you're, especially if you're brand new that you can go to and kind of talk it out and you know, it's not going to like pull one over on you. Somebody that like can actually be kind of like your guru or whatever you can go to. And and it isn't going to try to, because uh, in this league that I'm in now, I don't know anybody or I didn't know anybody going into it and they're all nice guys, but I don't know anything about them. How, How do they draft what do they like? What do, what do they like? Do they like to trade? Do they not like to trade? So it's hard for me. And I feel like I'm kind of annoying when I'm do, trying to trade with some of these guys because they either let them sit there like you were talking about or like they'll be just automatically reject it. So that's one. And then the second thing is just don't be, don't be nervous if you haven't ever done Dynasty before. Like I was so nervous about so much stuff and I've gotten all that taken care of. Like I just, my anxiety level has always been super high. And <laughs> it's not anymore. I've got it taken care of and things are good. And now you open your mind to all this stuff that you never thought that, you know, like, I, I don't even know how to explain how awesome being a part of the dynasty community is, even though I'm a small part of it because I'm only in this one little league, it's going to grow. So mm-hmm. just go into it. I've had so many people send me DMs or tweet me saying, I want to be in a dynasty league too. I wish I've just been scared. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't be scared. And I, it is, you know, and don't think that it's going to take over your entire life. That was one of my biggest things too, was like, I knew I was going to get married at one point. I knew that I, you know, this, that, and the other, I have work and everything else. It's, it, it is a lot, but it's also, you can find time to, to, to balance it all. So don't, don't worry. Just don't worry guys. <laughs> be good. Or just have a lot of alcohol in your system and you'll be fine. <laughs> Hey, I'll t- I'll do either one of those things. Like, don't worry, or go drink out or drink beer. I I can do either of those. So I I like that <laughs> advice. Yeah, that, that sounds like my my future in about like thirty minutes or so. Like, when does the game start? Thirty thirty five minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. my future. Clock today. I get to yeah. actually watch it tonight. Yes. <laughs> I am single for the night, so I get to watch football. <laughs> there you go. See, so that that is awesome. So uh, thank you again, Casey, for coming out this evening. And um, oh, I appreciate I, it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we'll definitely have to have you back on because I think at least trying to, I guess, for lack of a better term, chronicle your journey throughout your like your first season of Dynasty, I think would be I think I think it would be great to kind of get your take as you kind of learn about the, the ins and outs of Dynasty. So we'll definitely have to have you back on at some point this year. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, Adam, before we get on out of here, do you have any announcements for the folks? I think there's something about a family, a podcast, maybe something like that. Ooh. That is the case. So FF Statistics Family of Pods is up. We have been touting it for quite some time. So now you can go uh, under FF Statistics. You can find our podcast there, similar to the DLF Family of Pods everyone loves. Um, So we'll still have our typical domain if you've already subscribed, but definitely go subscribe to those guys at the um, FF Statistics podcast. They also have a DFS podcast now. So we've got three members of the FF Statistics family of pods. And then also you can find us on Twitter, as always, at Dynasty Manual. You can find me at DHH underscore Adam. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Dynasty Pregame. And then also go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Either one works, you know, just get the updates. We're talking. Now you can listen. Yeah, you're going to see our, or I guess hear our lovely voices all over the place now, now that we're in we're in with uh, Addison and the rest of the crew over at awesome. FS Statistics. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely pumped for that. Oh, and then are we going to do another one of those like ridiculous uh, Funko, like what is it, Funko, Funko Pops? Pop. Yeah, I, I must. Yeah, I must be an old man. man. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I don't get the draw. I don't get it either. But I don't. Right. But apparently, like that thing had like how many retweets? Like last week, it had. It yeah, had like a bunch. 40. Lots of yeah. participation. I mean, there's a chick at work that has like forty of them on her desk. I don't oh, know. We'll, we'll keep sending them out. That was an excellent bet, and we got a lot of traction. And um, actually, the dude that won it. He wanted the Cam Newton one. He voted for Cam Newton, and then he changed his mind last minute and got Julio because his wife is a Falcons fan. So I thought that was super cool. Oh, that's sweet. Smart man. (laughs) Smart man. Smart man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And also, uh, I guess the final thing before we get out this evening, for any of you uh, DFS junkies out there, Adam and I, we put together uh, a weekly uh, – what's the the buy-in order to get into the room? Uh, It's just $3. Yeah, three dollars to get into the room. Uh, we'll tweet out. We'll tweet out the link so you can join the room with us. So if you're looking for a little bit of DFS DFS action this weekend, you're more than happy to hop in the room with us Absolutely. and then uh, you know, take our monies uh, for I guess for a few bucks a week. You can hop in with us and have some fun. We uh, it's just the main slate though, right? Just main slate. Yeah, it's a weekly occurrence. Um, I can always up the participants. So the more we have, the more money. And I got stomped last week. Well, week three was really crazy. It was absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was a little crazy. Yeah, a little crazy. So, yeah, that's, that's another thing to look forward to because we like to try and interact with as many folks as possible. I tweet out my lineups like after after each week because I think it is fun to kind of try and figure out the puzzle piece or the jigsaw mm-hmm. puzzle that is the NFL DFS action. So, yeah, you can hop in the room and try and see if you can – match wits with us so uh casey again thanks for coming out where can people find you at on twitter oh yes i am at the casey Kasem. casey is k-a-c-e-y and Kasem is k-a-s-e-m awesome awesome all right and i'm chris allen you can find me on twitter at chris allen ffwx and we thank you all for coming out and we'll catch you guys next week 101 pick when it hits you feel no pain praying for the fantasy championship hit the books kid read this pamphlet called the dynasty owner's manual it's automatic dynasty it's automatic owner's manual it's automatic dynasty it's
it's automatic.